The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank. News and comment. Monday, September 12th, 2016. From the one-man worldwide newsroom, this is free and independent news on a commercial-free Monday made possible when you support the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. At 70 and 68, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are among the oldest candidates to be chosen as their party's presidential nominees, and they've both been hiding information about their health. Trump still hasn't released comprehensive medical records as candidates usually do, and Clinton hid, at least for a few days, that she has pneumonia. Clinton appeared to buckle as she was helped into a van yesterday, leaving early from the 9-11 memorial. She'd reported feeling overheated at the outdoor event while wearing a dark pantsuit, but later told reporters that she felt great and that it was a beautiful day. Clinton's campaign has since revealed that she has pneumonia, that she requires rest at the height of the campaign, and that she's canceled a planned visit to California. She's been rehydrated by doctors and given antibiotics while being told to take it easy. Clinton reportedly didn't feel well before she went to the 9-11 event, but wanted to go to pay her respects. Two days after the diagnosis, Clinton still hadn't revealed that she has the lung infection. Clinton suffered a two-minute coughing fit last week, which at the time she blamed on allergies. Donald Trump has said little about this so far, but is expected to make issues of both Clinton's health and her initial efforts to cover up a fairly serious medical condition. Trump says he'll release his medical report soon. A basket of deplorables. That was the phrase of the weekend and the phrase that Hillary Clinton had used to describe Donald Trump's most enthusiastic supporters. Speaking at a fundraiser that was open to reporters, Clinton called out the candidate and those among his supporters who are racist, sexist, homophobic, and Islamophobic. Clinton admitted up front that her comment was grossly generalistic, but she forged ahead with it, saying, you can put half Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. And she added, he has lifted them up. She also spoke of the other half of Trump supporters, quoting again, They don't buy everything he says, but he seems to hold out some hope that their lives will be different. These, said Clinton, are people we have to understand and empathize with. Believe it or not, Clinton was reaching out to voters who support Trump but reluctantly and trying to appeal to those on the fence. By Saturday, Clinton was walking back her comment, reminding us that it was grossly generalistic and regretting that she had said half of Trump supporters. But by then, the phrase basket of deplorables was trending on Twitter, reigniting the online battle between supporters of Trump and Clinton. The Trump campaign demanded an apology from Clinton for disparaging millions of Americans. I regret saying half, says Clinton, adding, that was wrong. By Sunday, the daily UPI tracking poll had Trump leading Clinton by nearly two and a quarter points. And yet a CNN poll shows that a majority of voters expect Clinton to win the upcoming debates, the first of which is now less than three weeks away. 53% expect Clinton to win the debates. 43% believe Trump will win. That's actually bad news for Clinton since it raises expectations. The campaigns traditionally play down their candidate before a debate to lower expectations. Even as Donald Trump continues to refuse to let voters see his tax returns, Trump running mate Mike Pence has released his. They are not nearly as interesting as Trump's would likely be, but they have been released in the time-honored tradition of presidential candidates over the past four decades. Pence released his to show a contrast between his income of under 200000 a year to the millions made by the Clintons. 
Trump says he'll release his taxes after the IRS completes its audits, but no one, not even the IRS, knows if that will come before the November election. Trump says he cannot release his returns until the audit's complete, but that's not true. The IRS says there is no such rule. Hillary Clinton and even Republican Mitt Romney and others say Trump is hiding something. Since 1891, the people of Michigan have been allowed to walk into a voting booth and in one simple move, vote for every Democrat on the ballot or every Republican. Michigan is one of 10 states where straight ticket voting is allowed and the voters there love it. They voted twice to keep it that way as Republicans tried to eliminate that option. About half of Michigan's voters use that straight ticket option, but it's used by nearly twice as many Democrats as Republicans. Last year, a Republican-led state government managed to change the law against the will of the people and pass a law banning straight ticket voting in Michigan. Civil rights groups challenged that new law all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, arguing that an end to straight ticket voting would make voting more difficult for African Americans who tend to vote all Democrat, whether it's in one move or several. On Friday, the Supreme Court, by refusing to hear the case, told Michigan that it may not enforce its ban So the straight ticket voting there will continue this fall. In Ohio, a law instated three years ago cut the amount of early voting time and eliminated the so-called Golden Week, in which voters can show up in person, register, and cast their votes all in one trip. Golden Week was a big hit among African-American voters and was promoted heavily by black churches until a Republican-led legislature did away with it. The battle over early voting is heated up this year, with some courts ruling for the Democrats, others for the Republicans. Where the court battles left off, Democrats had asked the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn the change. That decision could come at any time. In the interim, Democrats have also asked state election officials, but they have now responded by saying Ohio already has a longer early voting period than most other states. Terrorism arrived in the U.S. 15 years ago yesterday as hijacked planes crashed into the World Trade Center towers in New York and into the Pentagon and into a field in Pennsylvania. 3,000 people died in those attacks. Tens of thousands of Americans who were among those touched by the attacks turned out yesterday in memorials across the country. Fifteen of the 19 attackers on 9-11 were Saudi citizens, As the 15th anniversary of those attacks approached, the House in Washington voted to let the victims' families sue Saudi Arabia. Being a U.S. president isn't easy, especially in this case. As our chief executive, it is currently Barack Obama's job to protect this country from lawsuits by not allowing suits against otherwise friendly foreign governments. Saudi Arabia is an important U.S. ally, making it immune from lawsuits and criminal charges, and its government denies any involvement despite the apparent involvement of at least two of its intelligence executives. In the past, President Obama said he would veto any bill that seeks to allow victims' families to sue the Saudi government. Now push has come to shove, and the president now has to decide between what the victims' families want and what's best for the United States long term. Mr. Obama declared the weekend as National Days of Prayer and Remembrance. The U.S. and Russia have reached agreement on a plan that could put on hold a civil war that's dragged on for more than five years. It wasn't easy, and in fact, it nearly failed. But Secretary of State John Kerry and his Russian counterpart stayed sequestered together for a day until a deal was finally reached. The deal calls for a ceasefire between the U.S.-backed Syrian rebels and the government they're fighting, the Syrian government of Bashar al-Assad. The deal allows for the delivery of humanitarian aid, which is desperately needed, especially in the long-fought-over city of Aleppo. 
and the hope is this deal will lead to an even wider ceasefire. North Korea calls laughable promises by the U.S. and the United Nations to punish it further for continuing to push its nuclear weapons program. Perhaps the North will be laughing less at the latest threat from South Korea. The South Korean government says it will reduce the North Korean capital city to ashes if the North shows any signs of actually using a nuclear weapon. South Korea says it has a plan to destroy Pyongyang and the spot where it believes Kim Jong-un and his top general will be hiding if and when North Korea launches a nuclear missile attack. North Korea conducted its fifth and most powerful illegal nuclear test on Friday, prompting the U.S. and U.N. to move toward new, tougher economic sanctions against that already isolated country. The U.S. is considering sending B-2 and B-52 bombers into the region to give South Korea a greater appearance of strength. Support news and comment with follows, likes, and shares on social media at Buzz Burbank and Michael J. Elston. This is Buzz Burbank News and Comment on the Realm Network. More than 35 years after he tried to kill President Reagan, John Hinckley Jr. is pretty much a free man, and soon he'll be completely free to walk the streets. Hinckley is now 61 years old, and his doctors and a federal judge agree he is no longer a threat to others or himself. After more than three decades of therapy and examination, Hinckley was released Friday from St. Elizabeth Psychiatric Hospital in Washington, D.C. He will now live with his 90-year-old mother in Williamsburg, Virginia, free to travel within a 50-mile radius so long as he carries his GPS tracking phone, stays away from government buildings, and continues to visit a therapist. Hinckley's freedom has been and continues to be a transition. For the past 10 years, he's already been allowed out of St. Elizabeth's for two weeks of each month. Hinckley shot Ronald Reagan outside a D.C. hotel on March 30, 1981. He also wounded Reagan's press secretary, James Brady, who was, as a result of his injuries, confined to a wheelchair. Brady spent the rest of his life fighting for common-sense gun laws, resulting in the Brady Bill signed into law by President Bill Clinton. Hinckley was found not guilty by reason of insanity, prompting states across the country to change their insanity defense laws. Bizarrely, the shooting was apparently to impress actress Jodie Foster after her young performance in the Robert De Niro movie Taxi Driver. Hinckley's release also requires him to stay away from her, as well as the Brady and Reagan families. Samsung was excited to release its new phone, the Galaxy Note 7, more than a week before Apple released its iPhone 7 to get a jump on the competition. In the end, Samsung has suffered a severe blow to its reputation by putting out some models that burst into flames or explode. That's why the government issued a warning to airline passengers Friday not to turn on, charge, or even stow in checked baggage the possibly combustible Samsung Galaxy Note 7. Several airlines banned them altogether. Just as Apple was releasing its new model, Samsung was recalling about 2.5 million of its new phones. In addition to a nasty blow to its reputation, Samsung is now replacing all 2.5 million Galaxy Note 7s, and now the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission has urged those who still have the new phones to power them down until their replacement phones arrive. GM, meanwhile, is recalling more than 3.5 million vehicles again because of airbag problems. Faulty software has already caused one death and three injuries. The vehicles being recalled rolled out between 2014 and 2017 model releases and include some Buick, Chevys, Cadillacs, and GMCs. In other consumer news, MasterCard is facing a nearly $2 billion lawsuit for allegedly charging excessive fees. 
The company reportedly overcharged for millions of transactions between 1992 and 2008. In some cases, MasterCard reportedly charged the exorbitant fees to retailers, who then passed the cost along to consumers through higher prices. Some 46 million MasterCard users could get refunds if the lawsuit succeeds. MasterCard says it will vigorously fight the lawsuit. If you're sick and watching your budget, try not to go to a hospital. Hospitals are expensive, and a new study says some hospitals are charging 20 times what some products and services are worth just because they can. On average, a CT scan costs nearly 29 times as much at a hospital as it does at any other kind of clinic. If a scan is worth about uh, 100 bucks, some hospitals are charging some patients nearly $3,000 for it. It all depends on what insurance the patient has and what kind of insurance. All businesses, all hospitals mark up prices, but big hospitals are making big markups, much too big, according to this study by Johns Hopkins. The average markup quadruples the cost of a hospital service. The study shows that in too many cases, the markup is 20 times what it should be. The researchers say hospital prices need to be more transparent and capped. As it turns out, what it takes is a good guy with a TV to stop a bad guy with a gun. In Kansas City, Missouri, a dad was napping on the sofa when a man with a gun burst through the front door and pointed a gun. Quoting homeowner John Sullivan, I just jumped up. I wasn't thinking. I just threw the TV at him. It was a 60-inch flat screen, but John says, I didn't even feel the weight. It was like a piece of paper. It just flew across the room at the guy. The guy and his accomplice fled the scene. Police are still looking for them. And finally, in Kansas City, Kansas, at the age of 70, Lawrence John Ripple walked into a bank last week and gave the teller a note that read, I have a gun, give me money. A security guard stepped forward and Mr. Ripple, believe it or not, immediately surrendered, telling the guard, I'm the guy you're looking for. Why would he do such a thing, rob a bank and immediately turn himself in? Ripple's wife had been hounding him to get the clothes dryer fixed one too many times, apparently. He says he wrote the bank robbery note in front of the missus, telling her he'd rather be in jail than at home. The good news for Ripple is that he will get his wish, having now been charged with robbery. The bad news for Ripple is that he was released on bond and had to spend the weekend at home with his wife. Maybe by the time he's back in court on Wednesday, the dryer will be working again. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thank you for listening. And thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at BuzzBurbank.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another Buzz Burbank News and Comments. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.